listen, we deal with poop and farting all day. So it's like, you know, when we do a colonoscopy, where we tell I'm like, listen, it's an insult if you leave here without farting. You have to release what we gave you, you know? So you just, you have to make them feel comfortable. Let them. One of the beautiful things about medicine is that every patient case is a unique mystery. The medical symptoms and social determinants of each patient form a novel constellation of constantly changing characteristics. Every diagnosis is an exercise in deductive reasoning and medical sleuthing. In fact, Sherlock Holmes, my favorite fictional character, was based on an observant physician named Joseph Bell. And I'd like to think that every phone call to a doctor's office is an opening line of a yet-to-be-written Conan Doyle story. Today, we're hearing from Dr. Akwi Asimbal, an interventional gastroenterologist, and her patient Jennifer. In their story, you can witness medical decision-making and the communication that makes it all possible. I'm Alex Homer. And I'm Viknish Kasturi. And this is Back of the Chart. On a bright day in early July, Jennifer called Dr. Ossenbong's office. I thought I had a stomach virus, the neurovirus that was going around, so I kind of laid played it out for a few days, was not feeling any better. So I actually reached out to the office and asked if I could get a sick visit with her. The first thought is if if someone calls you, it means they really need help. You know, it's not like, oh, they had nothing else to do, so they're giving you a call. Um, so that's the first thing. The office said, let me, you know, we'll get back to you within five minutes. Dr. Asenbaum called me herself. I went through all my symptoms. We had the pooping conversation. We went through all of that. Once someone starts having things such as, you know, fever, abdominal pain, and things of that sort, and I think I think the term you'd used to describe was violent. Yes. yes. Like, you know, so someone, violent, the, yeah. violent diarrhea. Yeah, so if someone uses that to describe bowel movements, then you know it's serious, you know. But that's why it's important to ask, like, how many bowel movements are you having and things? But if it's like it's ongoing, it's continuous, it's violent, you know, then that's, uh, that's obviously concerning as well. And then you have to ask yourself, based on the symptoms they give you, where would they be best served? Where would you avoid a delay? So if she gives me symptoms and I tell her to come in to the clinic, what will I do versus if I tell her to go to the emergency room? So if someone's calling and they're like, I'm having diarrhea. So, you know, they're pooping quite a lot. You're worried that they might get dehydrated. And then the other thing is, well, if someone tells you they're having a fever, you know, it's been going on for a few days and then they're having a fever, well, then the combination of the diarrhea and the fever is obviously not a good thing. So it's like, all right, I'll have her come into the clinic. I'll do stool studies, but then that's going to take a while. She's continuing to poop. She might be dehydrated because I'll send her home. So those are sort of the questions that you have to ask yourself. You know, it's like, what will I do for the patient that would advance their care versus what will delay their care. Her recommendation was for me to get to the emergency room right away. She didn't feel as though this was just a virus. I went over there. They found out that my entire colon was infected and inflamed. The care I was getting through the hospital were the inpatient doctors. However, my wonderful doctor here would take time in the evening to come over and stop in and see me to make sure I knew what was going on, what was happening to me, what the next course of action was. Even though I heard it through the day, she, as my doctor, wanted to make sure 
I knew I because I was scared I was very very scared and she also had her PA come in as well during the day to make sure everything was going well and my husband was even sitting there the night she came in and he he, he just said what doctors do that uh, nowadays and there's really not a whole lot that do that and I knew I was gonna get better and I was gonna go home and I mean it was to me as a person I felt like I was a person to her like she genuinely cared about my well-being mentally and physically and made sure that I was going to be okay but the question still stands what is this and where did it come from it turns out that campylobacter is an infectious process that you can get from undercooked poultry and meat products and if you're immunocompromised it can be quite serious uncooked chicken. I was at a barbecue and we were having chicken kebabs um, and I realized a little while later that the cubes of chicken weren't fully cooked but I had already consumed some. My symptoms started almost five days after the ingestion of that chicken so I'm thinking why am I going to go back to what I ate at a barbecue five days ago? But then as she was talking to me of what could cause this well let's think back now to what happened and that's what it was was uncooked chicken. What we just heard is an example of what happens when the doctor-patient relationship is strong and lines of communication are open. But like any other relationship, the doctor-patient relationship requires work on both sides. And this one started when Jennifer booked an appointment with the gastroenterology office to address persistent, severe heartburn. She was a fairly new doctor, um, had some openings, so I went in and sat with her. I'm a fairly healthy person, so for me to see a specialty doctor um, was not in the norm for me. So obviously you go in there going, okay, what's wrong with me? That's the first thing on my mind, and how is this going to go? Is she going to shuffle me off that, oh, you just have Hopper and take a pill, see you later? And it, it, it was not that way with her at all. The moment that she walked into the room, um, she had a very pleasant smile on her face, shook my hand, sat down. From the moment, okay, why are you here? What's happening? Asking me questions step by step, and I answered them, and... That's where we just kind of worked back and forth. She explained to me what the possibilities could be, but she really wanted to rule it out, so she scheduled me for an endoscope. Um, come to find out there was nothing majorly wrong. I think one of the things about uh, communication, listening to what the patient has to say, um, uh, being patient, because you know sometimes people think of heartburn as something, quote-unquote, simple, but... You know, there's a lot of questions around that. And you can miss something by saying, all right, you have heartburn, take this and, and be gone. But I think the reason it's important is the communication a patient and a physician have can result in a patient being compliant or non-compliant um, with your treatment. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's like heartburn is important. Heartburn can predispose someone to um, Barrett's esophagus, which is a precancerous condition, which can eventually lead to esophageal cancer. Um, you know, so if, if someone does not, or if you don't take the time to kind of explain that path, um, if you don't take the time to explain why they need um, medications or need to take medications, then you can end up with a non-compliant person. So I thought from a compliance, it's a quote-unquote simple enough um, uh, symptom topic, but I think it kind of stresses the importance of communication and just having that open conversation with your 
um, with your patients. I think she brings herself down to a patient's level, and I and I don't mean that in a bad way um, for a patient. I mean it as you know, doctors are very busy. Um, they're they are good ones out there. Um, we've all had our share of good and bad and indifferent, but the personality that she has, um, she wants to go that extra mile than just saying, well, okay, I think it's this. So let's try this for a little while and we'll have you come back in. I want to know everything before we say, okay, this is what's, what's really wrong. And it's the thoroughness and just her being a very personable person. Like, I matter. I'm not just one of the numbers of her 100 and 200, 300 patients, whatever she has. I am a number. I'm my own person. I'm, she's connected with me. I got, you know, I got what I need when I, we've been with her. So it's just a bit, I don't know, maybe it's just, she's a female too. I don't know. It's, that could be it. But from the moment I met her, the day I went in for my very first appointment, I knew She was a great doctor. As a matter of fact, my mother sees her now, too. (laughs) A recurring thread throughout our show is how passion for your profession shines through in your work. And that's definitely the case with Dr. Ossenbaum. I decided I wanted to do GI in residency, Um, but I I didn't decide in um, med school because I didn't even know it existed. So the reason I chose it is I fell in love with a pancreas. I know it sounds really silly, but when I was in med school, I just, I really just loved the pancreas. Like it made, I don't know, that's the only, it got me like super excited. It's like, oh my God, you know, that was like, I, I just loved the pancreas. And then I, I loved um, endoscopic procedures. I looked at the procedures sort of as an extension to your knowledge. Um, and then when I got into, you know, in med school, it's like, I, I didn't know because of the setup that I could actually do a fellowship and just focus on what I loved. Um, and it was only in residency that I was like, oh, wait a minute. So I could actually just do a GI fellowship and focus on GI related diseases. So it was my love for the pancreas and procedures that got me to GI. Yeah, I'm still in love with the pancreas. And I still, like, I didn't, you know, I was like, so the procedure I had yesterday was, a, it was, it was an ERCP. And it's like, yeah, it needed to be done. But I, I was excited to do it, you know? So, yeah, so far, so good. I'm not ready to retire yet. <laughs> so, yeah. If I don't know something, I'll tell my patient, I don't know, but this is what I'm going to do. If you're going to do a test or whatever it is you're going to do, you should have a reason for it. If you're going to, you know, just because a patient comes in to see you does not mean they necessarily want medications. In other words, you know, you don't come in, you hand hand them a pill. Definitely um, communicate with your patient. Be very patient with them. Um, Listen to what they have to say. Um, As as a patient going in, um, for for me especially, um, I'm very healthy, so when I go to a doctor, I'm going there for a reason, and I want to be taken seriously. I want them to sit there, look me in the eye, ask me all the questions they want, let me tell them. Whether it may take me 20 minutes to get the whole story out, this is the way I'm describing what's going on with me. Um, Just be there. Let the patient feel like they're really, really genuinely cared about and that they're going to get the care that they need. You have so many options. I think the most important thing is you should enjoy what you do. 
If you don't enjoy it, you'll be miserable. You just have to enjoy. And like, I can't stress enough that, you know, you can learn from everyone. When you can have an open conversation, an honest conversation with a patient, that's when you're able to help them the most because you're getting all the information you need to help guide your decisions. We'd like to thank Dr. Asambang and Jennifer for sharing their story with us. And of course, we'd like to thank you for listening. Next time, we have a lovely story for you on how one geriatrician fought for her patient to receive care even when other physicians believed that her patient was too old. Till then, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on the latest here at the studio. Back of the Chart is executive produced and hosted by Alex Homer and Vic Nashkasthuri. Our producer is Sierra Fang Horvath. Our editor is Neha Mukherjee. Our patient liaison is John Lin. And our graphics are designed by Juliana Kim. The music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to faculty and staff at Brown University for making this possible. <laughs>